that's right. Welcome to Urban Underachiever Radio. My name is Brandon Walker. I'm here with my friend Stephanie Casey, Brent Dawson. Good to see you back. Brent uh, was a little bit under the weather last week. We had some stuff going on, but we're glad to see you back. Stephanie is always looking lovely with her scarf tonight. Uh, <laughs> Lay off the scarf. Well, I love it because it's, it's, te- it's Texas. It's 65 degrees. and yet... It's like 58. Okay, well, I'll give you that. <laughs> I feel compelled to wear. I'm, as I'm sitting here wearing a fleece. It's so... almost chilly. I almost wish I had one more layer. I know. So it's... Uh, it's a good time in Texas, almost Christmas, and we're very uh, excited about that. Our next episode will be our Christmas episode, and we're going to delve into some fun Christmas stuff. But tonight, uh, our topic is war, and not a real happy, <laughs> not a real fun topic necessarily, but one that's that's been uh, at the forefront of a lot of people's minds over the last, not just the last uh, few months, but really over the last eight years that we've mm. been, quote, at war, and you could kind of use that term loosely since we've never technically declared war on anybody we just have acted like we are at war with quite a few uh variety of groups Uh, but the whole idea of tonight is we're going to kind of put this in in the context of president obama's uh administration how they are responding to uh the quote terrorist threat um and mainly the fact that uh, as of a couple of weeks ago the president announced that he uh, has approved a plan to send 30,000 new troops to Afghanistan. So he... Uh, Boo. What's, yeah. what's the date of it? What's the date of the... Well, um, it's going to start within the next few months, from what I understand, with the drawdown beginning in 2011. Right. So that's... that's whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. The drawdown beginning in 2011. Right. Right. So he never officially said he would draw down anything. Okay. As of as of his, his <clears throat> quotes, and I'll give you some some quotes as to his stated goals... He said, we must deny Al-Qaeda a safe haven, which is, I guess, the the basic overarching plan there. We must reverse the Taliban's momentum. We must strengthen the capacity of Afghanistan's security forces and government. Now, um, at West Point, when he gave the big speech, he said he would not set goals that go beyond our responsibility, our means, or our interests. And he has been... There has been talk of beginning a drawdown in, in 2011. Now, nothing's really on paper yet, so I guess continue what you were saying there, but I think I think. I know what, what he actually gonna... said is that if things go according to plan, we could consider withdrawing people in 2011. That's a far cry from we're going to withdraw people in 2011. Well, but people sure are jumping on that line of saying, I mean, I've even heard negative things saying, why is he just going for a year? That's just telling them to wait and then get active after that. And like people are jumping on that, like that is what he said. And that's what he means. That's and that it's a bad idea. Said. I mean, you can jump on that all you want to. He didn't ever said we are going to draw, withdraw people in 2011. Okay. So you feel like he was being pretty vague, intentionally vague about the exactly. whole thing. Exactly. So what, um, I mean, it, it seems obvious as to why he'd be vague about that, but why would you think it, he would be want to be he vague? He has about no it? interest in leaving. Okay. We can't leave because there is that is our strategic uh, ability to invade Iran. Should we ever need to do that? So you hmm. you you feel like Afghanistan would be the jumping off point for Iran as far as the, the military? Yeah, we need that. Presence. That we can't do it through Iraq. There's too many mountains. Kuwait won't let us. We're already in Afghanistan, which provides us the easiest access to Iran. Do you believe that he? was conflicted about this or do you feel like he because he's been saying all along 
that he's not in, in support of it, that it seemed like he was uh, convinced by General McChrystal and some of the, the Pentagon brass to create this, what, this surge, if you want to use the term that they used for Iraq. Uh, but he was never, it, at least he never came across as being uh, really excited about the idea from the beginning. In fact, he, he campaigned under an, the idea of getting us out of Iraq, getting us out of this war on a vague enemy and, and focusing a little bit more directly. Um, so do you feel like he's been dishonest about this from the whole time, that he planned on escalating it from the beginning, but he just kind of drew he's, back he's some of that? He said room? from the beginning, he ran on the fact that he wanted to focus in Afghanistan and Pakistan, which is exactly what he's doing. Um, so I don't think he's been deceitful about that. I think he's towing the company line. And haven't we put, I mean, we put so much, so fewer resources there when that was pretty much the inception of certainly 9-11 and other terrorist cells and such like that's kind of i mean iraq wasn't the problem obviously sure, the, the original so, concept afghanistan wasn't the problem either uh, al-qaeda was the problem sure um but the ones that were attacking us were based in afghanistan at the time as far as we know they aren't now so, so uh yes and and on that point some i read something really interesting that says that really there are only less than a hundred active Taliban or, uh, excuse me, Al-Qaeda members, even in Afghanistan anymore. The Taliban and Al-Qaeda are very different entities. Exactly. And so if we went in there with the whole premise of getting rid of uh, Al-Qaeda, who attacked us on September 11th, that's pretty much taken care of because they've all moved to Pakistan. They've moved across the border. So there really is not much of an Al-Qaeda presence left and in can Afghanistan. Can we stop with the charade that we're really out there to get rid of Al-Qaeda? Because that's a bunch of crap. Um Military means is not the best and most efficient way to get rid of a, of cells like that. It never has been. This is just bullshit so we can uh, have a strategic advantage in that region of the world. But why would Afghanistan be a strategic region? There's not any resources there unless you're into heroin. And in that case, there's plenty of resources. Well, you're saying location-wise. Location-wise, it's very strategic. Okay. Um there's been some talk lately about that, that this might be just a diversion from the, the real war, which it really is in Pakistan, which has been successful using drones and, and unarmed aircraft or unmanned aircraft. And they're actually... Oh, you mean the drones, which he hasn't come out and admitted to yet? Right. Yeah. That we all know are there. We've seen Right. That have killed civilians? Footage. Yeah. Um, Those drones? But some people have said that this, this whole concept of this war uh, and, and particularly having 100,000 troops there is just a diversion from the fact that what's really going on is we're fighting a covert war, an underground war in, in Pakistan that we're not pub publicizing. But we need to publicize, publicize something and put something on TV, so this is a good opportunity to do that, especially right. since we're drawing down in Iraq. So why are we sending drone missiles to Pakistan? I don't know. You tell me. They would argue, uh, you know, the, the government would argue that they're pinpointing terror cells and, and targeting al-Qaeda leadership and, and killing them specifically rather than blowing up entire regions with with thousand pound bombs from b-52s and whatever well one of Obama's things is and you know this is why when we were grading him that I give him a very high score is that I mean we all know exactly what you said uh, it's it's kind of ineffective to just go and bomb a bunch of people trying to get a few bad guys I mean the best thing to do is to not have them hate us in the first place and so Part so of, sending secret bombs is a better way to do that? No, it's it's totally not. But obviously, I mean, I don't. I've never been involved with war. I, I've never even. I don't have anyone close to me that knows has like fought in any wars or anything like that. Um, but I know it's ugly. I know it's awful. I know that pretty much no one likes it. But there are certain things that 
certain times when you have to combat fire with fire and try to, I guess, get it from both angles so that you're trying to be diplomatic. But then also, obviously, sometimes you have to. Okay, well, let's look at that on a, on a smaller scale. Um, England. Um, nobody has handguns, not even the cops. True or false? Uh, no idea. Well, the special the special forces right. or SWAT forces do. Right. The standard cops on the street don't. Right. You know how many deaths they had, uh, I think it was three years ago, that were uh, attributed to handguns in England? I'd say it was probably pretty few, but... Fourteen. <laughs> you know how many we had in the United States? A million. 140,000. Now let's look at those numbers again because they're a little baffling at first glance. In England, where no one has guns, 14 deaths. In the United States, and I think you know how we feel gu- about guns. Whoops, I'm getting a warm, tingly feeling saying the fucking word, to be honest. With Especially you. we're in Texas, too. So. Whoops, I'm getting hard. <laughs> 140,000 deaths. Now, we can't say that that's in England where uh, nobody has guns. Uh, the scientific research says that we can't <laughs> attribute that to having guns and using them on people and not having guns and not using them on people. Yes, that's absolute proof. So, uh, violence begets violence. Martin Luther King said something along the lines that um, constructive ends can't come from destructive means. So I agree with that, but if you're trying to get into a village to save a bunch of families and there's a group of guys with machine guns lining it, then why do we send drones to kill the same families? I don't know anything about that. There, I think, according to uh, uh, it was Amnesty International. I think the number was somewhere around seven to ten thousand civilians were killed through the drone missiles. That's quite a. That, that would be a devastating statistic to to publicize if that's the case, because the the whole argument for those is that they're very pinpointed and specific, and that they're not killing civilians. Stop that smokescreen because there's nothing surgical about sending missiles. Um, we can pinpoint an, a, a parameter of a location that we want to hit, but we can't pinpoint what Taliban and, and Pashtuns and all, the, all these people are going to do with people around that area. Um, and we're still writing it off as uh, collateral damage, which is complete horseshit. Let me let me ask you this from a, a, a big picture point of view. Do you believe that the United States should continue the role as this global police officer sort of role? In other words, we have the, the largest military. We have the largest amount of resources. Um, should because of that fact, should we be the, the world's police when it comes to terrorism or, or, or these types of things? Genocide. I wish we would. Yeah. Because another argument that gets thrown out there is that we're nation building, which is complete crap because the only thing we're building is security. Um, If we're really building nations, then we would build the parts of the nation that make the most sense, like education and hospitals and uh, cleaning up their infrastructure. Well, to to the president's credit, if you listen to the rhetoric, he's not talking about the stuff that Bush was talking about. There's no pro-democracy he's also not putting money in the things like education and infrastructure and medical health. right well they've got to establish a he's solid government upping, first. he's upping the budget that bush already set for the military so he's increasing that already outrageous budget stop that if you really want to build a nation 
take that money and put it where it does the most good. Get the freaking military out of there because they hate us anywhere. We have no right to occupy these lands in the first place. Use the money to build up education systems. Use the money to build up their health systems. Use the money to rebuild Afghanistan in the first place. Then, yes, they will be on our side. Well, yeah, but you can't have education and healthcare systems if people are blowing up the water pipes every day. That's I true. mean, first you have to have basic function of communication. Or when the women and, aren't allowed to go to school right, because exactly. the Taliban is, is restricting them from all being right, in the streets at all. Since we've occupied them, treatment towards women has increased, not decreased. Um, since what we've do you mean? O- since we've occupied Afghanistan, uh, this argument about uh, the way they treat women, well, they treat women p- more poorly now s- since we've been in Afghanistan like because we prop up the people that do that. The, the when we had no problem with them when they were fighting the Russians, they were the ones we were supporting. They were the ones we were giving money and weapons to. Right. So if we're really ab- against. Uh, unethical treatment of women then why give them the money in the first place we've got to stop pretending it's one thing and calling it something else i think it was uh i heard an interview with michael moore talking about what you were saying about the idea that if we went into some of these countries and built wells and buildings and whatever and put a little plaque on it that said brought to you by the people of the united states and left it at that that would have an amazing amount of impact you know, more so obviously than blowing up a building and then rebuilding it, which is essentially what we've done in Iraq. We've blown the whole place to hell and then we've gone back and, you know, say, okay, we'll give you electricity back, we'll give you water, that kind of thing. But if we, there, there is, I, I, see the, I see your logic and I see what you're saying there. But also it's just we're not starting from scratch right now. We're dealing with already, you know, a few hundred years of history of how everything's been handled and still there are nations that are so primitive. And so it's it's easy to say, oh yeah, well, we should just do it that way. But there's a whole worldwide history that varies from nation to nation, leader to leader in the nation, time period to time period. And you, all that has to be taken into account also as far as throughout operations. history, throughout history, peaceful responses have be, been more uh, useful than military ones. Yeah, and I give, agree. give some examples of that. What do you mean? Uh, in Denmark, uh, during the Nazi uh, takeover, the, uh, Hurting up all the Jews. Mm -hmm. Um, Denmark uh, stood against that. And uh, in fact, the 400 or so that got uh, Jews that got taken into concentration camps, um, I think 85% of them lived uh, directly due to the protest and to the resistance that uh, the Danes had had orchestrated. Um, Look at... uh, Martin Luther King, for God's sake, sit-ins, uh, strikes, those kinds but of things. But human beings were are violent by nature. So you, it's like, it's unfortunately, <laughs> it's hard Look to... Look at Martin Luther King. Through peaceful resistance, he spearheaded the whole human rights uh, Of course, but agenda. There, there's so many more people that recruit tens of thousands of followers to do their bidding that are violent, unfortunately. There are violent world. people, and until we stop acting violently and start acting nonviolently, we're going to continue to live in this kind of way. We've never even tried a peaceful approach. Oh, I think that there's, I mean, I, I, right now I'm going to be put on the spot and it's going to be hard for me to think of yeah, things. Yeah, name but one. I, I mean, we, I mean, we give humanitarian aid all over the world. We bus in food and that kind We're of stuff We're the number everywhere. one contributor yeah, to humanitarian Yeah, I mean, of the entire world. world. By far, so, by far. Where there's conflict, where have we ever 
Uh, okay, in a Darfur. conflict situation? Let's talk about Darfur. We got food going in there every single day. And okay. that's just like, a, we, we've never gone so in there with guns. So it would have been guns. better to bomb Darfur? No, no, no. But nothing's changing. And the militias are still... Okay, you know, we give them food. What else can we do? That, that's my question. Is it, it, and this is a this is a huge issue. Is how do you deal with? Let's say how do you deal with a, a situation? In, take country X, and we'll take Afghanistan off the table for a second. You have country X that's being oppressed by a regime, a religious re- regime, which is what the Taliban is, uh, who, who oppress the majority of their people, who commit uh, atrocities and genocide against their people. What is an appropriate response for that? We could go in and build wells and all that kind of stuff, but that's not going to stop the fact that their government is still executing people in the streets uh, you know, for not wearing the appropriate clothing or, or having your hair a certain way or whatever. You know? Many of those are police actions. And you look throughout history, Mobutu, uh, Milosevic, uh, lots of dictators like that um, when were so, became so unpopular – to their own people, that their own people overthrew them. Um, it didn't take uh, a military uh, insurgence from the U.S. to get something done in those situations. Um, if we supported the people to whom that they were uh, violating, which we can do, um, most in most of those cases, those dictators were overthrown. But would those people need weapons to overcome? They, that's governments? exactly what we did in Afghanistan, though. You know, when they were fighting the Russians, we sent arms to uh, the Mujahideen, which were the same people we're fighting now. We gave them plenty of weapons and said, hey, y'all go fight the Russians. And they won. They kicked the Soviet Union out of the country. Uh, but as you I'm said, saying when the government is restricting medical resources to these people, if we gave them the medical resources and those kinds of things, in those instances, they rose up against their own dictator. So, okay, so I see what you're saying. So su- giving them supplies, food, medicine, that kind of thing. But obviously that destabilizes the, the political relationship you have with the country. If, if, for instance, in Iran, we just had this situation where they had an obviously rigged election. We had a choice at that point, and, and the president had a choice. He could have said, look, we support the people. We're going to help you rise up against the government. But I think wisely we step back and let the people do their thing. So that the government didn't look and because the government of Iran was looking for a reason to blame us for that. They were kept looking for reasons to say, oh, you guys are meddling, give them more reasons to commit violence. And I think that was a wise thing on our part that we did step back. We didn't really contribute anything. So you're saying in that situation, like in Iran, we should have contributed, I don't know, resources to the people to help them rise up. I don't know. This is a case by case thing. Um, I'm just pointing out in history where it has happened and what the result was. Um, Iran, I'd have to study a little more carefully. To, yeah. to, to There's know. also, I, I just think though that's it's unfortunately still an inherent human quality to fight physically for the resources you want. I mean, even I just the civil war. Right, why is that an head. inherent like, you, human quality? Because well, it has to do with the size animals. of society. Stupid if animals. Are, if we're in little villages with 20 people, you don't have to fight against each other because we have enough to go around. But when you start to have more people than there are resources, is there ever been a time the Civil in our war? evolution and in our uh, humanity where we put our fucking guns down? Is that ever going to happen? Are we going to keep believing the bullshit that gets thrown on TV just because that's what they want us to think? Well, no, but let's. I mean, like, okay, in the Civil War, that was within our own country, top and bottom fighting, whatever. So, um, what? How could that have been solved peacefully? 
how without could it have been vi- solved? Without yeah, violence. Yeah. I mean, without people having to kill other people. Well, and this is only a 30-minute show, and that's a pretty... <laughs> um, that's no, but a I mean, pretty... really, like, that was, you know, I mean, that was a a period in time that was we didn't have mass communication. Well, I, I think I reject the premise that we're just base uh, creatures that just want to destroy each other. I don't well, I share that's, that belief. that's the initial animal reaction to fight for your territory. Okay. And you also have to understand, Brent, that 99.9% of the world is not as evolved mentally as you are and as a lot of people well, even I, in the I, United States I don't are. agree with that either. If people stop to... They haven't to, had the opportunity to. They're, they're busy struggling for a daily existence. I mean, this goes back to our Maslow's, Maslow's thing. They don't have time to ponder the greater mysteries of sitting down and being peaceful. All they know is there's some dude. That's coming not a great yeah, mystery. Who doesn't want to be treated you, peacefully? If some guy just walks up to you and punch you, you're not going to be like, wait a minute, let's talk about this. Like you're going to defend yourself. Well, that's, if, that's what, you that's what I'm saying. There's a guy sitting in his, his hut with uh, a stick and his wife and children sitting there. And some dude from another village is coming over to kill his family. He doesn't have the opportunity to go, let's sit down and negotiate when this guy is coming at him with a machete. His response is to defend his family with uh, an equal response. By any means necessary. By any means necessary. And if you take it on a global scale, I think that's what we're looking at in in these types of situations. All I'm saying is that we need to start speaking truth to power to get them to legitimize why the fuck they're there. Nobody's doing that. I'm doing that. I want to know why the hell we're in Afghanistan. What possible good can come out of it? Can anybody please answer that question? Well, I think that, uh, you know, I mean, one of my understandings is basically we are there and there's it's not looking good. And so what they're trying to do right now, in theory, at least what they're telling us is get in there, take care of business, get out, let exactly do exactly what you're saying is let, then let the Afghans take care of it themselves. Once it's stable. Here's what the president said to reverse the Taliban's momentum and deny it the ability to overthrow the government. In other words, we'll tolerate the Taliban as an entity. They're not trying to wipe them out completely. They just want a stable, this is what he's saying, is a stable central government that can then take over. So and what are we doing to stabilize that area? That's the whole idea, is we're rooting out the Taliban in the villages and in the, in the bigger cities so that they're not uh, in a position to overthrow the government. And, I, and here's, here's why. I'm going to make a case for the president here. Uh, mainly in defense of him, but especially in comparison to the Bush doctrine, which was this cowboy mentality, we're going to ride in, we're going to kick everybody's ass, we're going to do whatever, regardless. Listen, George Bush came up with this concept of the axis of evil. You remember who the axis of evil were? Uh, I put four together, but I think it was three at the time. That's so funny. I mean, just when we're talking about, too, about the mentality of, like, humans and men, the axis of evil. Well, that's, it I was, mean, it you was know? ridiculous. It was, it was completely silly, <laughs> but it was basically modern. it was basically Iraq, Iran, Syria, and North Korea, okay? And I've looked up and, and done a little research as to what the our president, President Obama, has done with the axis of evil, okay? Mm-hmm. Iraq, we've begun a, a very serious drawdown, okay? We're moving troops out of Iraq, leaving it to them, like he said. Iran, we stayed out of their election, we didn't inter- interfere in that, and we kept ourselves out of it. So mm-hmm. that's a positive response to a negative situation. Syria, I had no idea that we've done this, but we've sent diplomatic envoys to Syria. Low-level diplomatic uh, envoys from the White House to talk to Syria. We've nice. never done so that in our history. North Korea, we've... Uh, and my way. North Korea, we've secured their cooperation 
uh, from with China. So in other words, we're, we're having diplomatic relations with North Korea for the first time mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. So that's your axis of evil right there. Right. One, two, three, four. Now, you, to me, that's an, an extraordinary effort by the president. He knows it's better to not have them hate us. He knows that we don't have to be so in military So I think he's trying to move in the direction that Brent's talking about. Yeah. But from a practical point of view right now, because of the mess it. that we're in, yeah. it's so got to end. Huh? So send more. Yeah, to to end what's what's there to now. Temper to temper the situation. Okay, that's like me telling my wife, I'm going to quit cheating on you. But before that, I need to sleep with 20 more hookers. Well, you let me know how that works out when you <laughs> tell her that. Yeah. But, but no, I think it's more of the idea of if you've got an airplane and an airplane is gliding towards the ground, what are you trying to do? You need to turn the engines back on and accelerate to create that, that momentum to take yourself back up. Sometimes you have to hit the trigger. Sometimes you have to push the gas down and get more speed. Or sometimes speed. we need to try a peaceful thing just for the fuck of it. I know, just but, to the, say, but if the maybe. airplane is crashing into the ground, which Afghanistan is a, a mess. Right, why are we there? They are not a threat to us. Because we are, regardless. Because we are. That... that but that the that question doesn't even matter right now because we it are there and we're dealing with matter. it. No, it was no, a different you administration. You can't take it back. We are there. We're dealing with it. So right now, he's trying to get us out of there. And That's this, what I'm saying. Okay. This is what they've come up with. Should the we be there to begin with? Nobody I don't think has power. said we can press control out delete on the former 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 foreign policy that we've had for the last fifty years, which is basically we're going to act unilaterally whenever the fuck we want to. And that's, and that's thing exactly that what Obama said, but he said it in a much more eloquent way that everybody can get behind. No, but I just gave you four examples about how he's using d diplomacy instead of aggression towards against these the countries that were against our access of evil. We're going to be peaceful, but I'm still going to act unilaterally when I want to. Or no, no, no when it's he not needs unilateral. To, when he these thirty thousand troops are ours, but really, there's other the countries. Drone missiles aren't unilateral. Those are our drone missiles. Yes. Okay. <laughs> they help. They... End of discussion. <laughs> um. Let's end with this. We got we got a couple minutes here. This this idea. No, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let Brent have the final con word here if you don't mind. If you were if you were the president right now, honestly, <laughs> what 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 do you do on on this on this day? If all if you were somehow somewhere on the list and everybody died and you became president and with the same resources <laughs> on the list, yeah, and, and there you are, you're sitting in the White House right? today awesome. with the situation as it is created by the former administration. What do you do today? I don't know. I'm not the president. <laughs> oh, well, hang on, hang on. Hold on, hold on, hold um, on. The reason I'm so angry about this is, and I knew better, is I voted for the guy. I voted for the guy. I was excited about voting for this guy. Um, he was impressive. He was saying things that I hadn't heard from candidates before, um, and I felt inspired by what he was saying, and I knew better. I remember braving the bullshit when I went out to vote for the guy. I remember driving down and seeing the stupid picket signs that, oh, a vote for Obama is a vote you can fry in hell for, for and all kinds of crap. Um, I... Had, unfortunately had a blowout and a flat tire right in front of one of the churches that had a bunch of these yay who's doing that um, they saw my predicament came over um, they were all singing what a friend we have oh my god Jesus all that 
And um, I, you know, I've never tried to change a tire <laughs> while being backed up by a gospel choir. But I probably um, would have run in fear, screaming down the street if that had happened to me. I mean, it was crazy. I would have loved to have seen this. It was, this whole um, you know, uh, uh, they saw my Obama pin that I was wearing, and uh, the leader of the group, you know, was like, "I fear for your soul, friend." I'm like. <laughs> What the fuck am I in, like, Twilight Zone or whatever? But I, I was, I, I confronted my accuser. He said, um, would you mind if we said a prayer for you? And I said, no, I don't mind as long as you let me sacrifice a goat to Cali for you. <laughs> um, Did you say that? Yes, I nice. said that. I said, and then I'm going to get on some bicycles with the Mormons, and then I'm going to pass out watchtowers with the Jehovah's Witness, and then I'm going to bang a drum for Tet and all this kind of bullshit what do you say Daniel's at a deal um then he's you know I you know that's just like a, a liberal to to make fun of someone's faith I said I'm making fun of your faith I mean look at the signs you're carrying around I'm gonna burn in hell for voting for Obama what kind of horse shit is this um and so I was feeling bold and I was feeling excited and I was feeling energized by the fact that I had somebody I could point to that was saying things that I could buy, even though I knew he was also saying things that I didn't. Um, so I feel personally hurt by this. And it's my own fucking fault because I know because politics in America boils down to this. And that is, ooh, I think the puppet on the right shares my belief. No, the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Wait a minute. There's one guy controlling both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Um, That is politics in America. We have two limited points of view. My point of view is never, ever uh, shown on any newscast. Got to run for office, kid. Uh, Right. Um, That'll happen. Hey, you'll Um, get my vote probably. (laughs) um, My point of view is never shown on TV. My beliefs are never uh, advocated for. Um, so here was this guy who advocated some of them, and I felt good about it, and I felt hurt when he started doing the same fucking bullshit that every administration has done for the last 50 years. I think there's a distinct difference in the way he's done things. And and, and I really, and I've, well, we're, we're running out of time. Stephanie, give us a final thought here as we wrap up for tonight, for today. I agree. I think he's doing, uh, again, I've said this uh, before um, on our podcast, but I think that you can't just suddenly be totally different and do the opposite of what's always been done. You have to kind of work with what's there. And I I think that he is compromising on some things that it may be hurtful to some people, but that ultimately, okay, I so hope, is to get is a, a means to enough. an end. How many deads enough? And end on that thought. I think we'll we'll just leave it at there and let our audience ponder it and send us an email or two if you have any ideas and we'll read them on the air. You send us an email, we will read them (laughs) on the air. All the emails that come in flooding in. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.